On today's show, Amon Thompson versus Asar Thompson. Is there a world where Asar Thompson might be able to go ahead of his brother in this year's NBA draft? We'll take a look at the strengths and differences between both players, and should the Rockets consider drafting Asar Thompson over Amon Thompson? All that and more coming up right here at Locked on Rockets. This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. The Houston Rockets select Jalen Green. Alperon Shingun and Jabari Smith Jr. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. Every time I step on that floor, I'm coming. Hey, Houston fans, I am so happy. You're getting somebody who's going to come in with a chip on their shoulder, somebody who's going to come come in and compete from day one. Six, five, four, three, two, one. What's up and welcome to another edition of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian, a credentialed media member. I'm also the host of Locked on NBA Mondays. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin. And the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets, free and available wherever you listen to your podcast, including YouTube. Go to YouTube, search Locked on Rockets. Be sure to like, comment, and subscribe. Now, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code Locked on NBA for $20 off your first purchase. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. And as always, thank you for making Locked on Rockets part of your day every single day, whether it's on the way to work, on your lunch break, at the gym. Thank you for making LOR part of your day every single day. Joining us now is your weekly co-host and draft enthusiast, Madison Moore. You can track down on Twitter at MadmanLeaks. Here to stake his claim because we finally have an episode where there isn't some like level of just breaking Rockets news that needs to be addressed on the show. Madison, we had to give you the chance to be able to, to push this agenda that you've got, that you've been waiting to do on the show, because now you're starting to see other draft heads, other draft experts making this push. You have been arguing Asar Thompson over Amin Thompson for quite some time. Right now, it feels like Amin Thompson is more or less the consensus guy to take at number four after Scoot Henderson and Brandon Miller are off the board. We still don't really know what direction the draft is going to go. Never say never. Anything could happen. Guys could rise. Guys could fall. But what we're going to do today is we're going to kind of go through and, and, you know, discuss and maybe even debate a little bit about the Thompson twins and why you feel so strongly about Asar Thompson over Amon Thompson. So let's just kind of start with your elevator pitch. When did you kind of start seeing maybe the differences in their game and start thinking about, hey, you know, Asar might be the guy instead of Amon? Yeah, I mean, I think it first started when I first heard about the prospects, heard about their two games before I got to watch it. And a lot of people were really talking about Amon as the superior athlete and processor of the game. Um, and so I was really excited to watch both of them because I, I seen some of their clips. I could tell they were ridiculous athletes. Um, but when I watched the games, it didn't immediately jump out that uh, Amon was a superior athlete. He just weaponized his athleticism in a different way. Right. And so when I began to kind of just understand how he was weaponizing that athlete, his athleticism, it for me, it didn't take away from who Asar was as an athlete. Like for me, they're both incredible athletes. If you think Amin is a 99 percentile athlete, then Asar is a 95 percentile athlete, you know, but they decided they actually weaponized their athleticisms in much different ways 
So then you go down and look at the rest of their games. Amon is the point guard. He has the ball in his hands most of the time. And so he's able to display his passing chops um, in a much more consistent manner, right? And he is an excellent creative passer. Great. I mean, great stuff. But you see the consistent flashes that Asar can make all the same types of passes as Amon. So then I begin to ask myself, okay, is is this because one is playing point guard and the other one isn't, right? Or is it just because there's an actual gap in their playmaking? And I didn't, I didn't think that was clear. You know, I, I think, it, you know, position and role may have been playing a part in that, right? Because all the same types of reads Asar has on film. So once, get, once I start to look at that, then I wanted to get into okay, what are the what is a bigger difference between the two? And what what I found that this season is Asar's jump shot is much, much, much more projectable. And when you're talking about the development of a prospect, you know, shooting from a guard prospect is essential. And from what I saw, the biggest difference were the jump shots, right? And so then you take into consideration the leap. Both of well, let's first say this: both of them are struggling jump shooters, right? That both of them have that have their issues with the jump shot. They were uh, both in the mid to uh, low twenties their first year at OTE. In their second year, both of them put in a lot of work, and it's well reported on their jump shots. But a SAR translation of the work he put in was much more prevalent than Amon's. Yeah, he went and, from like the 20s to the low 30s, right? Yeah, so he actually had, so, so if you count the playoffs, he went from 22% to 33%, right? And he had a lot of, he had a couple games where he hit five to six threes. I mean, like where he got on a heater, which is, I'd like to see in, in prospects that they could get into that level of zone where they make a lot of shots. While Amon continued to struggle with the consistency of his mechanics, right? His inconsistent base, um, there's a hitch at the top of his jump shot and a real lack of touch. And not just in in the three-point line, but the mid-range and the free throw shooting. So there began to be like some really systemic issues with the way Amon's jump shot has grown or or lack thereof growth um, compared to his twin brother who who completely smoothed out his jump shot, added some touch. Right. And that rapid improvement really lessened the gap in the other areas of the game. Like Asar is the better ball handler. Right. But I mean, excuse me, Amin is the better ball handler. But Asar is not that far behind in those aspects. Asar is not that far behind in ball handling, in um, in court vision and in um, in I'm sorry, court vision, ball handling. It was the third one. Slipped my mind, but the 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 major things that I were looking at for differences in their games, right? Where uh, Amin was ahead, Asar wasn't that far behind, but the but there is a huge gap between them, and it's the jump shooting, and that is crucial to not just stretching the floor and off ball play, but it is also crucial to your development as a three level scorer. And so when you when you add that into the equation. Uh, and I, when you look at the playmaking, and I think that's the third one, playmaking. So, and you look at the I playmaking. Almost, I almost chimed in when you were when you were yeah. look, when you were <laughs> trying right. to like look for the thought on the third. I was like, well, court vision and playmaking kind of go hand in hand, but I wasn't sure if you but, meant like that one oh, is like, yeah. yeah. 
Uh, well, right. so, so there, there is a very distinct, clear divide right now between the two of them as shooters, mm-hmm. right? Asar has progressed quite a bit further along with his shot to this point. And that much, you know, mm-hmm. it, it is readily obvious, readily apparent. What we want to get into though. So the shooting is clearly the big gap right now. We want to get into some of their other strengths and weaknesses, the other differences in their game, how much the different roles that they played, played into those differences, as well as when you look at what their fit would look like on this Houston Rockets team and is there actually a legitimate argument for Asar over Amin for the Houston Rockets? We're going to get there in just one moment. But first, today's episode is brought to you by Game Time. Look, buying tickets to your favorite events shouldn't be a stressful experience, right? You're trying to go out and have a good time. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events happening near you with killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you're going to be having. Look, they've got flash deals on last-minute tickets. It's easy to find and buy tickets for every kind of event in your area. Images of the seat view so you know exactly the type of bang that you're getting for the buck that you're spending. Lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, all of it, right? You can remove the stress with Game Time. It's the fastest-growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. So snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use code LOCKEDONNBA to get $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code locked on NBA for $20 off download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed and continuing on here at locked on rockets your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball be sure to stay tuned in throughout next week as we may have a very very special guest joining the program who might have a lot of insight about the Thompson twins ahead of the NBA draft. So be on the lookout for that. You won't want to miss that episode next week. Hopefully fingers crossed. No promises quite just yet. Just be on the lookout for it. All right, Madison. So as we continue this discussion about the Thompson twins and some of the differences in their game, their strengths, their weaknesses, when you're comparing the two, what is the biggest difference in them in your eyes to this point as to why you might be able to talk yourself into Asar Thompson at this point as the better prospect? Well, so that's what I was kind of talking about in the first segment is the the jump shot and how that contributes to the development moving forward as a three level score. But the one of the things that I think we can get into um, that is a huge difference in them is the way they weaponize their athleticism. Right. And how that leans into maybe Asar uh, being a point guard, being developed also as a point guard and his upside, which many people don't believe he can, but many people do, including scouts. Well, because right, so, right now the track is like Amin has been developed as the point guard, the primary yes. ball handler, all that. And so everything everything in his bag, his entire skill set to this point has been pointed towards and angled towards, hey, you're a guard, you're the lead ball handler, you're the primary creator, facilitator, all that. Whereas Asar, because he's playing alongside his brother, his bag, everything that he's been focused on has been, hey, you're more like a wing, right? You're a wing, You mm-hmm. be a good defender, be a cutter, be somebody who gets out and transition, be a secondary creator at times, be a right. better spot-up shooter because you don't have the ball in your hand, so you need to be able to catch and shoot. So everything has been geared toward, but in a hypothetical sense, they're both identical twins, right? So anything <laughs> one can do, the other should be able to do, right? So Right, right. So, yeah, I mean, and I think the biggest difference is the the how they look with the ball in their hands and how they decide to use their athleticism to leverage their skills. And the thing that Asari is, Asari is a better ball handler. 
right? He's much quicker and more quick twitch. And sorry, that goes Asar, Asar is the better ball. I'm handler? sorry, excuse me. Okay, I'm, it's cool. Yeah, <laughs> I'm glad I, you caught it, that. It, right. it was it was it's your sec, it was your second slip up, and I was like, man, we got to make sure we get these facts straight because we're talking about man. brothers here. If you if you start if you start peddling some false agenda like Asar is the better <laughs> ball handler, he's gonna jump up to like number three on certain people's. But actually, you know what? Let's keep saying that so that people draft him and Scoot falls to four. <laughs> right. Let's keep this no. up. <laughs> no, my bad, man. Sometimes you get those their names are so similar, you mix them up. You're but Amon is the better uh, ball handler and uh, much quicker in and out of his moves he's very decisive in his moves and he's able to break down defenses in the half court in a in a much better manner right also one of the biggest things the biggest differences for me between him and Asar is Amin sees angles he sees ways to wiggle and knife through defenses um with misdirection whether it be euro steps whether it be it be uh, uh quick fakes yeah, there, there's that one. There's that one highlight play of him, right, where he splits two defenders, gets by a third, and then he looks off the other defender with a fake pass, right. and then finishes at the rim. He basically jukes four defenders on one play. It's crazy. Exactly, and and that's how he weaponizes his athleticism by by moving faster and quicker than everybody, but also setting guys up, like setting you up for a fake or a move, and he's able to pass out of that out of those type of situations and score. But Asar cho- chooses a different approach. He chooses more of the strength-based approach. And now he he can do a lot of that uh that the the same type of stuff. He just decides not to weaponize it. He's more calculated in how he uh, approaches that and sometimes opts for the simpler play. Uh, sometimes he uses his body a lot more and he also takes jump shots out of the mid-range in the and the um three-point line. And Amon doesn't do that nearly as often. So, and, it's, and it's worth noting that even though they're identical twins, their physicals are actually not identical, right? So you've got Almond Thompson, whose physicals are, he's about 200 pounds, 6'7", 6'9", wingspan. And you've got Asar Thompson, who outweighs him by a good chunk. He's about 6'8", yeah. or, or sorry, sorry, 6'6", same height. But he weighs by about 20 pounds more than him at about 218, 220, give or take, with a 7-foot wingspan. So one of them is better equipped to be more of that versatile wing kind of presence. And one of them is a bit more equipped to be the, the guard on the floor, if you will. Exactly. Yeah. So, and and as you said, Asar weaponizes that strength in a lot more. He doesn't really avoid contact as much as Amon does. He tries to finish strong through with his athleticism, and sometimes it gives mixed results. Um, it, especially before he was a lot less stronger in in OTE, but he's gained that eighteen uh, eighteen pounds um, over the course of this year, um, ready for the combine. And he and if you see any of his clips, he looks kind of ripped right now, man. He look he looks pretty jacked, but. I say all that to say is the way Asar scores is much less flashy or gets to the basket, much less flashier than the way Amon does. But it doesn't mean it's less effective, right? It doesn't mean it's less effective. I think he does have more issues getting past defenders in the half court than Amon does. And I think it's just because he needs to he needs to tighten his handle and also speed it up. You you see you see I'm gonna make a move. It's it's lightning quick. Yeah. But but if we're being honest, they both need to improve in those areas areas of tightening their handle. They don't deal with ball, ball pressure very well, and that and they can get sped up. And and sometimes all that misdirection that Amon is doing, he's moving too fast for his for himself, which can cause turnovers and miss shots uh, at the rim. So you know the way they weaponize it is really really interesting, but I don't know if it's necessarily bad. But but how and it, you know to me the first thing that makes me think of is how much though of 
of Asar's lack of comfortability on the ball right is because he just doesn't hasn't been given nearly the reps that Amon has. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if we could go. We would. It would probably take some digging to go find this to go see like what they looked like even before OTE. But mm-hmm. just kind of seeing like okay, well, you know. It, how much of a jump did they take with OTE where Amon was given this this very distinct role as the primary brawl handler, all that, to, compared to Asar, who just wasn't expected to do as much, right? With anything in life, whether it's basketball, whether it's freaking podcasting, art, any other sport, whatever it is, you do it enough times, you get enough reps in, you become more comfortable with it, right? And so it's not that Asar can't get to that place just yet, it's just he hasn't put in the subsequent or the necessary reps to be able to tighten up that handle, to get better at attacking off the catch, to utilize that that first step, you know, even even mm-hmm. though if it, maybe it's not quite as explosive as Amin's, but still, you know, very lethal. Yeah, and it's only so much so much work you can put in in, uh, in a day. And these guys are incredibly hard workers, but I actually kind of heard through the grapevine that while Asar was primarily focused on getting that jump shot together, as a wing player does, uh, Amin was working on his pick and roll reads and his his handling in those situations. So that could account for some of the some of the gaps we see in those skill sets, right? But I think that bodes well for both of them. It shows a propensity for them to get better and. And over time, they both they might both grow into that. Um, there was a clip that came out today of Amon's jump shot that was noticeably, noticeably much better. Very encouraging. I mean, no hitch in the top of his jump shot. He improved his base. His um, often his arm is in the front of his face. His gather um, that was slightly to the side where you, now his face could be free to see the rim, and that's the best I've seen his jump shot look. Period. Right now, it still worries me because one of the, the issues with Amin last year was just inconsistency. One game he'd be shooting one way, and the other game he just revert back to his old mechanics, and so that's still an issue. We, and we, we saw the we saw the that. same thing with Jalen Green, right? When John Lucas yeah. was working with him on his shot consistently, is you know Jalen would have a few games where it looks a little bit better, but then he would go back to the slight hitch in his jumper, the swing, mm-hmm. you know, when he would do, when he would lean forward a little bit too far when he pulled up for spot up threes, like all that. It's just when it comes to reworking or or building your jump shot mm-hmm. up is it's getting it to a place where a the the mechanically it looks good the form is good but then b and this is the hardest part and, and any coach will tell you this is the consistency in it right you right. can get a guy shooting a certain way when you're in his ear in practice and you're yelling at him to take the shot mm-hmm. every certain you know a, a, you do it you know at toyota center pregame rocket you know lucas will be in jalen's ear in jabari's ear telling him hey you know waist in shoulders up lock your you know get your stance feet wide like he's he's coaching him through it and you can get them to shoot a certain way in practice, but then it's when you translate it to the game or when it's a couple games later, right? Or we've been traveling a little bit and you haven't had a chance to sit down and do one of those shoot arounds or do one of those drill sessions. Does it start to revert back, right? Do you start to revert back to your tendency of the way you were shooting before that? So it's not that Asar and also Amon can't get to a place where their jumpers are better. It's just drilling that consistency mm-hmm. and really making it the new normal for them versus them reverting back into some of their old habits. We do want to get into their potential fit with the Rockets right and some of some of this argument here at whether or not you who you might take at number four does bleed into like how would these guys actually look on the Houston Rockets and you know does one make more sense than the other at pick number four we're gonna get there in just one moment but first today's episode is brought to you by bird dogs 
before I got my hands on some bird dogs, I wasn't really a shorts guy. I basically exclusively wore pants to everything, right? Now that I've got myself a few pairs of bird dogs, though, I've got shorts that look good. They fit great. They're super comfortable. The fabric is amazing. Different styles, different color schemes, all that stuff. And I've got shorts that I can wear to almost any kind of event, right? You can wear them to a meeting. You can wear them out on a date. You can wear them when you're just hanging out with friends. Take them to the pool. Take them to a beach day. You can even swim in them. They're that versatile. They are the most versatile, comfortable shorts you will ever own. You've got to go check them out. Go visit birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA. Get yourself a pair of the most comfortable shorts you will ever own. And right now, when you visit them, birddogs.com slash LockedOnNBA and use promo code LockedOnNBA, they will throw in a free custom Bird Dogs Yeti-style tumbler with every single order. So go check them out, birddogs.com. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. All right, Madison, let's get into one of one of my here's where, where one of my biggest reservations is, I guess, when you look at maybe some of the differences between Amin and Asar. And I can get behind the idea that maybe Asar, you know, is not as far off from Amin as people are making it out to be, right? You've been one of the earliest proponents of the agenda of Asar over Amin Thompson, skills-wise, all that, and you're starting to see other draft experts, other guys are making the same, you know, the same push. They're closer on people's boards. For me, my biggest issue is the Rockets are still in a place where obviously you want to take the best player available, right? You should mm-hmm. your number four pick in the draft. You should go BPA. I think you got to throw fit out of the door more than likely. And they also still need an engine of their offense. So I know that as we've navigated the first couple segments, the whole point here is that Asar might still be capable uh, one day of some of the stuff that we're seeing Amon do right now. I guess to me is how confident are you in that being his potential route as a player, or do you think he just continues to improve and grow and become like this dynamic wing who can add playmaking to his game, but is never necessarily going to be the, the full focus of an offense and engine, if you will, because the Rockets are still desperately missing that piece. And even if you've got question marks about Amon and his floor and what he's going to look like, can he get the jump shot fixed? Like all that stuff. He very clearly is, an immediate answer to, okay, you put the rock in his hands and let him run the offense, right? Right. And so when you're talking about Amin and Asar, I think it doesn't matter from the standpoint of the Rockets needing the engine because neither one of them are ready to help this team day one. Neither one, right? Uh, uh, Amin is not going to be able to come in and be the engine of this team day one. Both of them are projects who've played in a league, um, of high schools, high school kids, right? And so their reads, their, you know, the NBA is much bigger, faster, quicker. They're used to overpowering those young guys and they they won't be ready day one to, to carry that type of load. This is an upside play, all like through and through, right? And so since, and we know that the Rockets are looking to bring in a veteran point guard. You've talked about the reports of that is our, our whether it be James Harden or other guys within free agency, let them go on and take on the mantle of being the point guard right now. And we should pick the best player available, right? Thus having that in mind that these guys are projects and they're probably going to have a smaller role their first year in the league. You should go. I think that gives you the opportunity to go with the SAR with the mindset that, Hey, we can develop this guy in different ways, right? Whether it be wing or whether, or maybe even uh, see if he can do more of the point guard stuff. Regardless of that, 
if you draft Asar, Asar, whether he's a point guard or not, he is a excellent passer. And so he's going to bring playmaking into your offense, right? No, no matter what, you're going to get a high level uh, playmaker of the game. So he's going to bring playmaking in, into your offense. And with Jalen Green being a primary guy that's going to eat the ball in his hands, with Shin Hub on the rise, and we can we've heard through the reports that that might be a focal point of the offense. Adding another dy- dynamic defensive player with playmaking chops, off the ball movement, and and a jump uh, shot shooting that's trending, upside, trending right? upwards. The, yeah, the, the better shooting upside. If I was the Rockets, I'd be leaning towards that. Right, this more ambidextrous. A uh, 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 collection of skills, right? So can, can I can that. I can mm-hmm. I flip the argument on its head then and say for mm-hmm. all the, for all the same reasons that we're maybe envisioning Asar and and maybe the steps forward that he can take as a playmaker or you know the kind of constraints that have been placed on his role to this point and why there's maybe more to his game that we haven't been able to see quite just yet because of their their respective roles. Could the same not also be said for Amon, right? You brought up the point that the reason maybe Asar's jumper has progressed to the point that it has is simply because Amon chose to focus on other elements of his game that were a bit more important at the time, right? His reads, his playmaking, mm-hmm. his pick and roll ability. Whereas if you were to just, again, they're, they're twins, right? So if you were to clean slate mm-hmm. them both or stick them both in a lab with the exact same trainers, the exact same workout regimen, the exact same you know approach to the game, they should be able to achieve the same thing. So could you not take Amon and then maybe see about developing more him more so into a wing player rather than a primary ball handler or engine? Yeah, no, of course. And but the biggest so the, so the biggest thing is the shot for you right now, yes, right? Yeah. Okay. So the biggest difference is their mechanics aren't twins, right? Yeah. They're twins in and of itself, but their mechanics aren't twins. And the gap between that that jump shooting, right? If we're if our goal is development for these guys, their projects, right? We want to bet on the guy that we believe in their development the most. Okay. And or at least that that's what I want to do. And I believe. And not only the work that Asar has put in, I believe in the work that Amin has put into, but Asar's ability to translate that work into on-court production at a rapid pace. And like a 10% jump in his three-point percentage, fluidity, touch, mechanics, that's a guy I want to bet on. And, he, and, and he's a better defender right now, right? With, right, with Amin, right. I think, and, and I think, he's a I think, better off-ball mover, mover and, too. And I think a lot of this gets thrown around. Like, like Rockets fans have kind of already started talking themselves into Amin Thompson at number four. You, yeah. you see it. You saw it last year. You know, as soon as, you know, the pick <laughs> fell to three, it was like, Bancaro, Bancaro bus, let's go. Like, right. it was a whole thing, right? Um, and the Jabari jungle got cooked. And yet, <laughs> here we are, loud and proud, the Jabari jungle. Um, just my chest a little bit i never abandoned my take from day one i was i was jabari number one on my board Lord i'm so it. glad he became a houston rocket um maybe it happens again with scoot henderson we'll see but uh, on on the thompson twin front i mean you you see this idea that that amen is already an elite defender being thrown around it's not the case like he projects to be a good defender he has the the gifts and the physicals but that's also kind of like the same way that like Jalen Green projects to maybe be a good defender because he's got all the physical attributes the athleticism the quickness the speed to be an impact defender we haven't quite seen it translate consistently yet and we're two years into Jalen Green now granted again you know Steven Silas, a lot of factors, bad team, like all that. Mm. Hopefully, I think Emo Doka is a guy who's going to be able to tap into that ability on the defensive end. But so for right now, Asari is the better shooter. He's the better defender. He's the better off-ball player. 
His playmaking is not far behind Amon's. He's better physically, right? Bigger, Mm -hmm. bigger body, longer wingspan, maybe slightly less of an athlete, but it seems like there's a lot more pluses in Asar's favor, especially when you look at the shooting versus Amon. Right. It's and it I think they both have a bunch a bunch of pluses, but I believe in Asar's ability to catch up to Amon's um what Amon is better at. I believe like I we all know he's gonna become a better ball handler. He has that talent. We all know he's gonna become stronger, a better finisher at the rim. He had a better passer. He that's not in question. They both have to become better at those things. What is in question? is who will become the better jump shot jump shooter and that's why that's where i land is this is more about development and who i believe in to develop and the reports that just came out about the way a sars jump shot has looked to scouts they say it, it has evolved even even much further that it is it is taking on a whole new life of its own and i really believe this guy can end up a, a mid to you know, mid 30%, 36 to 40% three-point shooter. And it could be not just something that he's good at, but an actual weapon of his. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm warming up more to the idea. This is where it gets a little tough though, is if you're picking at number four, obviously this is all going to change leading up to and including the draft, right? We're seeing a SAR jump up certain people's draft boards currently, which means internally other organizations are looking at these kids and they're, you know, a SAR is probably, you know, going up internal draft boards as well. If you're the Rockets, it, there might be a world where maybe they just flat out want to select Asar over Amon at number four. Maybe Amon goes before number four. Maybe it goes Scoot, Amon, and then Brandon Miller's on the board at number four, and you have your choice between Miller and Asar. My thing is, is, is if Asar is still in that six to like seven or eight range, possibly, which he might not be come draft night, but... I don't know if if there would be a way for the Rockets to capitalize on that and like trade down a little bit to like get if they identify him as their target. I think more than likely they're going to pick number four and they'll pick whoever they think the best prospect is. But I, this is giving me this give me a lot to think about with Asar versus Amin Madison. I don't know if I'm quite there to that point yet. Just but but it's it is a very you, interesting debate though. You don't have to be there, and this is my point that I've tried to make to Rockets fans on Twitter. I'm not saying you have to change your mind, but this decision should not be concrete, right? This is this your mind should not be made up. You should not just be parading Amon around with the crown of the Rockets' fourth pick. It's about going through this process, weighing the pros and cons. It is not that uh, that that cut and dry, and we should be adding Cam Whitmore and Jarris Walker in that evaluation as well. Let's let's be more comprehensive. Let's dive deeper into these guys. Right now, if you were Rafael Stone, you would take Asar Thompson number four, wouldn't you? I would. I would. Okay. And I'd I, be scared about it. I, but I'd do it. <laughs> I, I like the I like the confidence though. I like it. We we went through that whole episode to come to that point is what would you do at pick number four? I don't know if I would go Asar quite just yet. I I think I'm still more so in the almond boat, as well as the boat of hoping Scoot Henderson's boat sinks down to number four at this point. But on that note, Madison, you know the drill. Let everybody know where we're tracking down at. Yeah, man. Come come interact with me at, at Madman Leaks on Twitter. Love to talk rockets, love to talk draft. 
that's going to do it for another edition of Locked on Rockets. As always, thank you so much for checking out the show. If you haven't done so yet, please consider subscribing wherever you listen to your podcast. Free and available on all podcast platforms. We're also available on YouTube. But as always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.